It's Freaky Friday time. That's right. We're getting freaky, macabre, and weird. With your hosts, Jesse Drackman and Jake Reedy, it's Freaky Friday. <laughs> this week, we dive into the world of Nine Inch Nails, Moon Knight, as well as Donnie Darko. How bizarre is my intro voice? Anywho, enjoy this episode. Proudly brought to you by Freak Productions. Support the cause. www.freekproductions.com Do it. Subscribe to the channel. Do it now. Uh, enjoy this episode. We did. Dude, that was a, that was a long one. I, I was wondering whether that was going to turn into a burp or not. And it did. And it did. Mission accomplished. Yay! What's going on, man? Oh fuck, dude. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's shaping up to be a week. What's what's happening with you? Oh man, look, I I'm gonna agree with you because I've just come out of the arse end of I all I can blame the weirdness on is the full moon. Mm. Which is weird because we love our full moons and we love all the uh the freaky uh hairy shit that that uh comes after it but yeah see and this is the thing man i could deal like i could deal with the weird shit i could yeah. deal with the fucking crazy shit going wrong and falling out of the fucking sky and landing on my head like a goddamn looney tunes cartoon yeah if i could turn into a werewolf on a full moon yeah like if i could run around and eat people that piss me off and shit on their lawn i'd be good with it so that that kind of answers my question if 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 I was to ask you, Jake Reedy, if you had the choice of being a werewolf, a vampire, or yeah, you know, any of your favourite monsters, what would it be? And I dare say it'd be a werewolf, hands down, right? I'm I'm pretty much going for a werewolf because I mean I'm figuring you know werewolves have got you know they've got the immortality deal as well, so it's like <clears throat> you know I I could I could roll with being a vampire, like I got mm-hmm. look stay out of the sunlight and kill people to live. I got no issue with that. Yeah, I can think of about, I don't know, man. I can think of like twenty people off the top of my head right now that I could happily chomp on and not feel <laughs> bad about. Like, I mean, you know, look, anyone that says that there isn't a list of like, you know, five to ten people that they would happily murder every day mm. is lying. Like, you know, I don't care whether it's fucking Donald Trump or Scott Morrison or the fucking asshole down the road or you know some douchebag that pissed you off or whatever like everyone's got someone i'm i'm just yeah. saying that just you know, put it out there i'm just look embrace your humanity people like we've all got <laughs> we've all got a streak of asshole in us let's face it just a just a little one and your, yours is a silver streak yeah 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 pretty pretty much yeah yeah but um yeah i'm i'm going with werewolf man i'm 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 like you know That's if cool. i could if I could turn into a, a seven foot tall furry killing machine that, um, you know, as, as long as I could aim it, like if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm kind of like Eric Cord from werewolf and I can direct it and I'm not just yeah. randomly munching people that are taking their dog for a walk. I'm okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Hey, fun fact. I don't know if we talked about this on our Epic werewolf episode that we did not too long ago. It feels like yesterday. But, it does, it does, and things were, it does, but yet things were so much better back then. 
They were, yeah. <laughs> Let's take a moment to re- reminisce. But um, yeah, I I don't know if I brought it up or not, but I noticed a certain Tony Todd in an episode of Werewolf. Yes, yes, he was. He How was freaking one cool of, one is of, that? One of, the, one of the many guest stars. It was very fucking cool. Yeah, ah, man. I, any excuse to talk about Werewolf the TV show is a good day for me, man. So yeah, uh, yeah, dude. Any day ending in Y is a good excuse for that. But yeah, what, what, totally. about, what about what about you? What are you going for? Are you going for vampire, werewolf, Frankenstein, Frankenstein? Ah, uh, listen, mummy. Man, yeah, look, everyone, everyone that knows me probably goes, "Well, you better be a vampire, right?" I don't know, man. Like, it's a tough. I if you know if if you ask me, I. I kind of want to go with, I know it sounds a bit weird, but a demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'd want to go with a demon. Yeah? Yeah. Any I really particular do. sort? Like, I mean, are we talking like, you know. Like demonic. Yellow, it... yellow talking in rhymes, wearing a cape. Yeah. Look, I, I think, yeah, I like that one. He's a cool, he's a cool demon. But I'm thinking more like your kind of Lucifer style demon, you know, just, uh. You know, a little bit of charismatic with uh, personality. I, I, I could also roll with that. That would possibly be a very close second. Like if, yeah, yeah. I, I wake up tomorrow morning and I look like Lucifer from the TV show Lucifer, and you know, I've got that whole thing going on. I'm not seeing an issue. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of cool, and I, I, I don't know. He has a very unique power where he has, you know, the powers of hell at his disposal, but. He has also just the power of suggestion, and yeah. he uses it very, very well. I kind of like that. I think that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, I, 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 I could. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely seeing the appeal. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely seeing the appeal. Yeah, so I'm rolling with that. It's even uh, yeah. like, like a demonic spirit that takes over um, bodies, like uh, Regan's, uh, makes them spew green vomit. You know, I don't know. Uh, you want to vomit on people? I want to shit on their lawn. You know, yeah, there's, there's a reason why we're doing a podcast together. Peace in a pod, dude. Peace in a pod. Yeah. yeah, I could so, roll with some. If there are any, I'm I'm gonna put this out there. I could roll with some supernatural action right now. Like I, I um, you know, if there's any demons or anyone out there listening, your boy could use a bit of a helping hand. So fucking <laughs> help a brother out. Like roll roll up. Like you know. Uh, if 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 look, you know, if you're a demon, you can work out what my address is. I'm open. Come on, <laughs> give me some on. fucking help here, because like this this year is just doing a number on me. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I, I'm sure I'm sure there's a there's an uphill slope about to. Uh... Uh, look, man, look, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer. Any room of shit has a pony sitting at the bottom. If there's That's a room a, full of yeah, horse shit, yeah, there's got to yeah, be a pony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah a shitty pony all right cool yep, yeah i'll work with that <laughs> i mean you know I'll, I'll i'll give it a wash before i ride it obviously yeah. but you know wowzers there's got to be a horsey at the bottom of this room full of crap <laughs> i like that i like that what a good way to start the show what about shit and werewolves and full yeah werewolves? right shit werewolves vomit demons lucifer it's all horror Fucking, yeah well yeah exactly yeah, speaking of horror, speaking yeah of yeah horror, Speaking I've of. read some really fucking cool comics. Oh, have you now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do tell. I I read um well, I finally read Ice Nine Kills Inked in Blood graphic novel, which was oh, pretty fucking cool. Do tell. Yeah, dude, it was pretty pretty good. Um it sort of follow 
it's, can I sorry before you go into it? Can I ask, is the band involved in this in the writing, or did they just have someone uh, write yeah, it? Yes, Sp- and... Spencer Spencer wrote it. Like Spencer okay, came cool. up with the story right. and co-wrote good, it. Um, good, good. So it's sort of a tangential story that kind of spins out of the concept for the Welcome to Horrorwood album. Like, if anyone's watched the videos, which you should because they're fucking rad, um, plug for a certain other show. Um, (laughs) Nicely played, Jay. Didn't even do that on purpose. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so if you've watched the videos, like, there's this whole subplot for the Welcome to Horrorwood album where Spencer has been arrested for murdering his girlfriend. Um, So this story kind of leaps off from that where that has happened and it's basically about this chick who's a mega fan of the band um you know sort of not accepting it and being like you know spencer wouldn't do that her mother's a cop and her mother's investigating him and stuff like that um so she sort of goes about trying to clear his name and gets caught up with you know someone who is either potentially the real killer or a copycat killer. And it's just a cool little fun story. It's sort of, um, it kind of really reminded me of like a 90s slasher film. Like it's very much got that scream urban legend. I know what you did last summer vibe to it. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. It It was, it was very cool. I like that. Um, And I also read the devil's highway, which is fucking amazing amazing all right what's the devil's highway okay so the devil's highway um is written by ben percy who has done a bunch of wolverine stuff i think he's writing wolverine and x-force at the moment um and he did a green arrow run as well if i recall okay but so the basic idea of it is it's about um serial killers but serial killers that drive trucks like big rigs Ooh. Um, and it's about this chick who's been in the military. She comes home. Um, you know, she's got a bit of a checkered past. You know, she's all tattooed and punky and, and fucking awesome. Um, and she comes home to find her dad has been murdered after he witnessed a girl trying to escape from one of these truck driving serial killers. Um, so she gets mixed up in it trying to solve her dad's murder, and she's a total badass. And, um, yeah, basically stumbles upon this whole cult of organized serial killers on the dark web that basically use trucks to just blend in. And, Damn. You know, yeah, dude, it's fucking wild. Like, it's so good. And, like, yeah, so the, the first arc is basically, you know, she's chasing down this missing sex worker who is connected to the night her dad died and saw the whole thing go down stumbles across this whole cult and um, gets involved with this sort of rogue FBI agent who's been tracking this cult, but everyone thinks he's nuts. Um, and, and, dude, it's just, it's really good. It's just a solid, like, it's it's set in winter, so it's all fucking snowy and shit, and bleak and gloomy, and, yeah, really atmospheric and fucking rad. Oh, dude, that sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah you may awesome. bring some cool shit. Yeah, um, and I also read a bunch of um, Aftershock's uh, horror imprint one-shots. I read uh, Piecemeal by Cullen Bunn, which was really cool, Yeah, um, which is just a fun little sort of haunted house tale. Um, I read Eden, which was fucking wild. Um, it's it's this one-shot little graphic novel. Like, it's, it's only probably about 60 pages, um, big sort of oversized DC uh, black label kind of format. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about this guy who's a tattooist and he's like, you know, his, his wife and, and son have died in a car wreck and uh, he's kind of grieving that, you know, just going through the motions, going to work every day, doing his thing. And um, he gets this chick come in and she's got no tattoos on her at all. And she asks him to like tattoo a butterfly on her. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And she's like, look, I don't want you to like draw it out or anything. Just chuck it on me, go from memory. So he does. Um, and she's like, you know, massively hot and all these coworkers are like, dude, you should have fucking, you know, busted a move and all this sort of stuff. She comes back the next, uh, like a week or so later and uh, the tattoo's gone. And he's like, oh, did you have it removed? It's weird. There's no scarring or anything like that. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, um, you know, I want you, you know, it's all good. Just do me another one. Like, do me like a tiger or something like that. So he does that. And this, this keeps happening. And then eventually, like, he follows her and finds out what's been going on and why these tattoos keep disappearing. And um, basically, she goes into this forest. The tattoos come to life off her skin and, you know, just live in this forest. Um, and then like, you know, so he's like, holy fuck, he's kind of freaked out by it. And like, they get involved, you know, he he bangs her and all that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, then she comes back for another tattoo and he doesn't say anything, but he tattoos his dead wife and son on her back without saying anything to her. And yeah, I won't spoil anything, but shit kind of goes south from there. Wow, man, that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, wow, man, I like, like that. Yeah, they're like these funky little almost tales from the crypt sort of like little one shots. They're very, very fucking rad. Yeah, yeah, I like that, man. I like that. Um, shit, man, I, I can't say I've read uh, anything kind of remotely as exciting as that. Well, maybe, maybe so. I've I've been reading uh, more of the Moon Knight stuff. Mm. Which, which is fucking rad, um, mm. dude. That that series, um, you're you're so much better with names than I am. I'm really shit at remembering writers and artists and all that. But dude, the writing on Moon Knight is fucking dope. Like, oh yeah, who's it? It's Jed Jed McKay, is it? Dude, he's I kicking think? it. He's kicking yeah. it in the dick, man. It is great. Um, the the action is on point. Um, Moon Knight is I fucking I just. I have absolutely fallen in love with this character more than I ever did before. Um, yeah. I just really, I love what they're doing for the story arc. I love, at first I was a bit um, hesitant with Hunter's Moon being brought in, the uh, the right fist of Khonshu. But yeah. uh, I like him, man. I like his his uh, demeanor. Um, mm. And I got the Devil's Reign one-shot Moon Knight special where Moon Knight's been captured by the Thunderbolts. And oh, yeah, where he's in prison, yeah. Yeah, but I love this story because halfway through it, he he basically fights his way up to to Man Mountain Marco, whatever his name is, the, fucking, yeah. the champ, and gets into the fight with him and says, I, you know, I put myself in jail on purpose to, to fuck you up. And yeah. To tell you to stay the fuck away from your ex-wife and kid. Yeah. It's just like, dude, yeah. that is just insanely good. And proceeds I, to fuck him up. Yeah, man. And I love, like, um, I love, have you, did you read the one with Tigra that ends with them Loved just it. sitting on the roof? Loved dude, it. That was great. such a great little character moment for that character. Like, because mm. it's like, you, you barely, see, the cool thing about this series is like, 
I didn't even notice it at first, but you barely see him take the mask off. Yes, I love and that. And then, like, there's that little moment with Tigra where he just takes the mask off and he's just like, I got to keep doing this because my life is fucked. Like, you know, mm. my, my wife and kid are God, my girlfriend and kid are God knows where. Like, I'm a fucking wreck. Like, I yeah. just tried to take over the world. Everyone's pissed off at me. It was just such a good moment. And the art was so cool because he just peels off that mask and, dude, he just looks broken. He really does, man. And, you know, and, and the fact that he I, – I don't know. I just love the way they've got the the, the night mission all set up, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, now, and now it's all supernatural mm. with, with that, um, that demonic um, – That demonic house. How fucking cool was that issue? I love it. I love yeah, it. It was so great. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see where it goes. I'm really itching at the bits to read the Moon Knight um, Black, White, and Red yeah. uh, issue. I cannot wait. I, I think that's going to be, you know, if, if the series current is anything to go by, I think this limited series will just be bloodthirsty and yeah, violent man. to the max, man. So yeah, I, I, so, love, I love that issue with the house. I just, and I, oh, I love. So good. I love those moments where, like, because it would be so easy to write Moon Knight as, like, oh, I'm all fucked up and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I love those moments where it's, like, yeah, he is fucked up and he knows it. But I love where he, like, you know, practically goes into that house and weaponizes his mental illness. Yes, yes. As, that's, like, you know. That's the thing hey, I loved. You know, you're a fucking crazy ass demonic house. Well, guess what? I'm fucking nuts and I'm not going anywhere. And the house is just, like, so fucking rejects him so violently it spins him out a fucking window you know it's so good man and i i just love the way he just uses the power of his psychosis to yeah you know to to defeat well not so much defeat this thing but say put the suggestion of hey Mm. let's not fight against each other let's work together you have something i want you and i have something you want let let us be peas in a pod and it's fucking brilliant i love it yeah, um, no, it's so good, man. Yeah. Okay, so I was going to tell you the other thing I've been reading, but let's stay on the Moon Knight track because uh, you're up to date with the TV series. I am up to date with the TV series. Up in episode three, yes. H- happy? I liked it a lot more than I have. Yeah. Um, But I'm just like, the Stephen Grant stuff is just still so fucking like... Oh, do you have to? Yeah. Do you have to? Um, because like, dude, when it's when it's Mark Spector, like, it's so fucking good. Like, he's mm. so on point, and mm. like, I mean, that moment where he jumps off the top of that glass pyramid, so good. And the cape goes out and so everything, good. and he just starts fucking all those dudes up. Is so great and so perfectly the character. Yeah. But, you know, it, I just feel like they've just got to keep trying to throw this comedy stuff with the Stephen Grant personality in. Yeah. And it's just, it just lands like a turd in your soup. It's just like, you know, it does. It, it's like, oh, it was so good. And then you had to do that. And even, even those little moments where it's like, you know, Stephen takes over in the middle of the fight and he's all like, oh, everybody, let's chill out. And then he's like, <laughs> gets fucked up. And then, yeah. like, oh, no, Mark, you take over again. It's like, why did you do that? Why can't yeah. you just have the guy kicking some ass? It's it's a little bit. Uh, I, I don't. Know, I, it's like um, you, you you can just handle it in small doses, but then mm. after that, it just kind of gets unbearable. But look, uh, it, it's fucking cool. I, I dig mm. it. I, I'm happy with the action of it. Uh, the pace mm. is good. 
I'm curious I to see where it goes. Really like that moment because it's like, oh, okay, I, I can see what you're going with here. Yeah, I love that moment where it's like Mark blacks out, Mark wakes up, all those dudes are fucking dead. Yeah, and he's like, you know, holy fuck, Stephen, what did you do? And Stephen's like, oh, it wasn't this. Like, oh, okay, you're obviously going to bring Jake Lockley into this, and yeah. he's going to be like the real fucking badass, yeah, fucking psycho version of Moon Knight. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. I'm like, okay, I can see where you're going with that. So, yeah. I'm sticking with it. It's it's much more improved now that they've put the Stephen Grant personality in the backseat. Because, like, the unbearable foppishness was like, gah. Yeah, it was just like, oh, fuck, stop. Just stop enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The other thing I've been reading is, you don't read much manga, do you? Um, a little bit here and there. Uh, depends on what it is. Okay, cool. So I'm, sort of, I'm, I'm sort of more of a, an, an anime guy rather than a manga guy. Yeah, but... gotcha. Well, I started reading Chainsaw Man again. Okay. And have you read Chainsaw Man? No, I have heard of it, okay. but I haven't read it. You need to read it. It's fucking cool. Uh, it's basically like this, this, uh, you know, th- this kid bum just has, you know, zero hope in the world has no purpose in life uh his dad passes away who just happens to be a demon hunter he inherits his dad's trade but also inherits his dad's debt um so you know he basically gets told hey uh by the the company cool you work for us you need a seven hundred thousand yen by tomorrow uh go start slaying demons (laughs) and uh he's like uh okay and um Lo and behold, finds this uh, pet chainsaw. It's like this chainsaw puppy thing, hybrid yeah. thing, uh, that's wounded, and they friend each other and uh, basically pack, you know, strike a deal together to help each other. And uh, yeah, basically, uh, he gets set up by the company and uh, becomes this fucking demon killing machine that just fucks shit up. And it's just a bloodthirsty mess of awesomeness. Cool. It's fun. It's fun. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I love also reading the, the uh, I think his name's Kunji Ito. Uh, he's a horror writer. Yeah. Uh, he's written a lot of stuff over the decades and it's just fucking masterful. Uh, yeah. It's, it, his shit's just crazy. It's, yeah. I, I didn't realize the imagination could be so fucking wild and crazy, but this guy, yeah. he's got it. Yeah, Junji Ito, I think it's name. I, I don't know. Cool, I'm, I'm going to check that out. Mm. He's got but, some cool stuff. Yeah, but, um, yeah, dude. Um, um, I also did start. Yeah. I did crack open uh, American Vampire 1976. And yeah, I think I'm about three issues in, and it's fucking amazing. Nice. Like it is just, dude. It's so nice. fucking. Like the the it's just tying everything together. It's bringing every character from the whole series back. Fuck yeah! And it's just you're just reading it, just going, oh, "I'm gonna be so sad to get to the end of this because it's fucking great." Um, but you know, I'm I'm holding out hope for the inevitable TV series slash movie adaption or whatever they're gonna do with it because they they can't not at this point. Like it's just yeah. too fucking good. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's really cool. Um, yeah, fucking cool, man. I, I think, yeah, I've always believed that ever since I read the early American Vampire stuff, I just knew, yeah, this has definitely got to be a TV series somewhere oh, down yeah, the track. They've, they've got to do something with it. Like, it's yeah. just too good an idea not to. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I read was Count Crowley. There's a new series of Count Crowley, uh, which I didn't even know existed. Um, and yeah, super cool. Uh, nothing uh, game changing or reinventing yeah. the wheel. Just, you know, just teen, teen pissed off girl that, um, yeah, monster killer dude. I don't know. To me, I that's, think I've read all this in Hack Slash. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's the good thing sometimes about some of that shit is this is like, you know, you don't need, I, I don't need every comic I read or every book to like reinvent the wheel and be awesome. No. Sometimes it's just like, you know what? I came here for chocolate ice cream and I'm getting chocolate ice cream yeah, and I'm totally, totally happy with it. And that's know? what I, that's what I enjoy. I, I enjoyed Count Crowley because it was just, it's nothing new, but it's just done well. And yeah. the art, the art's playful. The writing's good. Um, yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm curious to see where the series goes. Uh, yeah, uh, no complaints. And nice. Evil Ernie is kicking goals as well, man. Fucking yeah. yeah, it's good. I don't think I've read the new one yet, but I've, I've, I haven't I've, either. I'm up to date on like issue three, I think. Like, yeah, but it's I, fucking great, man. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, man. There's some good shit. I love it. Horror, horror is getting a real lot of love in the comic world right now. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where it oh, man, goes. Yeah, and- like, I mean, I, I haven't talked about Nocturra yet, but fuck me, it's so good. Like, Dude, I had a flick through that when it first came out, and I'm kicking myself now that I didn't buy it. I should have oh, yeah, jumped on that train, dude. Yeah, grab grab the trade when you can, dude, because it's such a great... And it's another one, man. It's like American Vampire. Like, if there's not a TV series about this at some point, I will eat my hat. I have many hats. I will let anyone pick whichever one they want and I will eat it um, because it's, it's just so good and such a high concept. And it's just like that, that perfect blend of sci-fi and horror. And it's like, you know, it's slightly post-apocalyptic, but it's still a world, you know, and there's all these fucked up creatures in there. And the, the concept is really sort of big sci-fi, like, you know, Hey, fucking 15 years ago, the entire world just went, black into <laughs> and just mutated like this it's it's like um so yeah the concept is 15 years ago the lights went out like the sun fucking everything there is no light in the world and you know the darkness started mutating creatures like cats dogs wildlife you know plants everything and you know people as well and like you know people obviously sort of turned out the worst and these things they call them shades and they're like you know fucking all fucked up and you know certain people have like band together in little communities to try and survive um you know and have generate like you know hoarded up generators and stuff to try and keep the light going because the light's the only thing that keeps this shit at bay um and this chick who drives a truck basically a transport truck um has like you know ferrying people from one place to another stuff like that uh gets this job to take this guy who says that he has a cure for it all um and you know she's trying to like run him to this place and getting pursued by this fucking badass villain called blacktop bill who's just all black like he's infected by this shit but is still somehow human 
Um, and yeah, he's just absolutely hell on wheels and like just is gunning them down. And like, yeah, basically the first arc is just a, a fucking car chase. That's cool. And it's fucking awesome, man. Like, it's so good. Like, they managed to deliver a shitload of exposition and let you know exactly what's going on in the world. Um, you know, people, if they get infected and they catch it early, they can be cured with like sun lamps and shit like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Dude, it's just, it's such a fucking cool concept. I am amazed. I will be absolutely shocked and amazed if there is not a TV series or movie of it at some point. I like that. That's fucking cool, man. And like Tony Daniels on the art, like from Spawn and, and Batman and everything and X-Force. So like it, it, the art's gorgeous. Yeah. No, that's really cool, man. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool shit coming um, and, and continuing to blossom, man. It's, it's a beautiful mm. time to, uh, to love horror and comics, man. So yes, I love it. Absolutely. 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 Hey, um, uh, what do you want to talk about first? Music or the movie? Uh, that's a really good question. I let's 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 switch it up. Let's do the movie first. Ooh, and good. and then because hey. then we can we the, can end on the soundtrack. Yeah. this movie has a fucking killer soundtrack and dovetail. Yeah, yeah, the music. yeah. Because in words of Garth, good call. No, yeah, no, it's yeah. Wayne. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Donnie Darko. Ah, oh, Donnie Darko. God, I fucking love this movie. I had movie. a great time going back to that movie, man, because I have vague memories, but, man, it was pleasurable. Well, I, I've, I've re-watched... I haven't watched it in ages, um, and it's weird because it's one of the favourite movies of someone that's really important to me. Right. Um, and she's, like, she's a big fan of it, and I was just like, fuck yeah, I haven't watched that in ages. So I... Um, that's why I said, like, you know, because I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking give it a rewatch. Hey, might as well rewatch it for the podcast. Yeah. I fucking love this movie, man. I love this movie so much. And I've spent the last day or so to, I watched the theatrical, I watched the director's cut, and I watched them both with commentary. So I'm, yeah. I feel I feel like I'm, my Darko, my Darko game is pretty high. You, you, um, you don't do things subtly, man. You go all in hammer and tongs, man. Like you don't just watch the yeah. movie. Yeah, I Dude, love that. Um, I, it's, it's, you know what? It's a fucking curse because I do that with everything in my life. And it <laughs> fucks me up constantly. It's like, I'm just going to walk into here. I'm, I'm going to walk through this minefield with my heart on my sleeve and I'm sure I won't get blown up. So yeah, yeah. Um, but no, man. It's what a fascinating movie. Yeah, it's so... Because I actually messaged... Um, I messaged this person about it and I said, you know, one of these days we're going to have like three or four glasses of vodka and we're going to have a very in-depth debate about Donnie Darko because this movie is so open to interpretation. Um, What would, what would be your best explanation of Donnie Darko? Like to, to someone that's completely naive listening to this going, uh, I haven't seen it. I would say if you are a fan of Stranger Things, this movie is like proto-Stranger Things. Yeah. I really feel like this is like, this is the prototype about, you know, 20 years earlier for what Stranger Things would perfect. Yeah. Because, man, I remember reading about this movie and I, I, because I was like, you know, 
I remember reading about it in like total film and stuff before it came out and seeing pictures of like Frank, the rabbit and, you know, Donnie with the, the skeleton outfit on and, you know, the ax over his shoulder and shit like that. And just going, what the fuck is this thing? And like kind of keeping track of it. Like back in those days, it was like via movie magazines, mm. like total film and shit like that. Mm. And like, you know, being pissed off that I couldn't see it in the cinema. Uh, Cause I never, I don't know whether it hit cinemas over here. I do know that it may have. It's some like, like, like the Denny shit. Yeah. Um, but certainly not any of the big cinemas. Um, and I ended up seeing it on DVD. I remember when it came out, I was like, fuck, the day this comes out, I'm fucking renting it. And I did. And I was just, I was kind of blown away by it. Cause I'd never seen anything like that with like that level of, cause I mean, this was like 2001, like 2000, 2001. Yeah. And it's like back then, like there weren't a lot of eighties nostalgia movies like set in the eighties. Like, you know, I think the closest you've sort of got was the wedding singer, which was, mm. you know, awesome, but also kind of a bit of a piss take on the eighties. Yeah. Um, this and is a yeah. cut above it because it's it's just fascinating, like the, that moment in time that you mentioned, and just the way it starts and the way it finishes. It's such a, mm. it's a fascinating concept, um, and I love the the journey of uh, of the character. Um, I mean, I, 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 Donnie's yeah, great. I, Donnie's fucking fantastic, and like he's such a great complex character because it's like you know for any anyone that's hasn't seen this movie the basic concept is there is this kid named donnie darko he's fucking weird he's a bit of a hyper intelligent incredibly smart um you know but kind of a slacker kind of like yeah he hangs his friends are kind of dead shits and you know he just kind of does his thing um this he he you know he he has all these emotional and, you know, mental problems and, you know, wakes, sleepwalks and wakes up in weird places and shit like that. And this whole thing gets kicked off like a jet engine falls through his fucking bedroom and kicks off this incredible chain of events that basically creates a parallel universe or does it. Um, And, you know, he basically has to go about navigating this parallel universe and, essentially saving the world or does he mm. um and yeah it's just it's an amazing film like there's this whole philosophy of time travel thing that gets brought into it yeah um, I, I loved all that oh dude it was just amazing and brilliant and i i love that like you know it's sort of um this this thing to me like it sort of dawned on me watching it is like this is almost like a fucked up back to the future it is, eh? Because it's like, you know... And it's funny Dot- how they, they mention that you, as well. You go. No, I'm oh, sorry. I was just yeah. going to say, it's funny how they highlight that in the uh, in all that conversation about time travel. They yeah. do bring up the DeLorean and that, and I yeah, think that's yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, which I thought was really fucking smart. It's like, you know, because it's like, okay, these guys... It's almost like the scream of time travel movies because it's like it's self-referential. It's not like you know, oh, no one's ever heard of time travel except for H.G. Wells. Um, it's like no, you know, th- these guys live in a world where Back to the Future is a thing and was a massively popular film like two years before this movie was set. Um, but what I really love about it is that it's like 
you know, Marty in Back to the Future, like, you know, goes back in time, fucks around with shit and makes a better world for himself. Whereas like Donnie, basically it's the reverse. Like he, this thing happens, it sets this time loop off where like, you know, he has 28 days before the world ends and he kind of has to go about navigating, fixing it all. And the only way he can do that is to sacrifice himself to like save the fucking world and all these people he loves. Yeah, I really dig that. I love, I love the the um, the moment that he first meets Frank, and Frank tells him, you know, with that whole "wake up, Donny, wake mm. up," yeah, and then proceeds to tell him twenty eight days. Um, I forgot it, it breaks. Yeah, down. it's like twenty eight days, six hours, and certain number of minutes. I should know because I've watched this movie so fucking much over the last yeah, couple of days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really cool, man. I I dig it, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was really I was really a fan of just the, the like you say, the parallel universe aspect and, and the way the story unfolds is so cool. Yeah, well it's it's very comic like in nature, but it's just there's so many questions. It's like, you know, um yeah, it's like I, I mean I guess we can get to like the, the deep philosophical shit later after we talk about the cool lines, like you know, yeah. telling Patrick Swayze he thinks he's the fucking antichrist, which is oh, like one of the greatest moments ever. That was pretty cool, man. That just having Patrick Swayze in that movie it was pretty dope and uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty mental how that uh how that whole thing just transpires. Well, and I, I, I this, this, the dialogue's so fucking smart, man. It's like, it's almost like a fucked up John Hughes movie. And I mean, aside from The Breakfast Club, I'm not a massive John Hughes fan, but The Breakfast Club's dialogue is so fucking on point. And just, there is some funny shit in this movie. Like the, the whole timeline exercise where it's like, he told me to forcibly insert the timeline card into my anus. Yeah. <laughs> it just killed me. It's just so fucking funny. Yeah, I I loved it. Um, yeah, there was there was uh yeah there was some interesting parts in this film like the just the random acts of violence and that I really dug that like the yeah the one I I don't know I just loved the the little moments like when the the statue that bizarre bull statue that was out the front of the school mm. with the axe through its head i thought that was pretty cool but then there was like that moment of that um that tortured girl uh the you know uh yeah 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 her uh, name. Charita, Charita. Charita, yeah and just her sitting next you know I, I found that she spent a lot of quality time sitting by the statue like yeah uh i was trying to work out that just that connection to it but um i didn't want to go down that rabbit hole too deeply but um yeah it was it was kind of um interesting just little i don't know just visual things that i picked up on just moments like that and um just yeah just a lot of the the weird shit that was scattered throughout the film like uh drew barrymore's character as well yeah drew barrymore's character was great so was uh noah wiley the the er guy who i haven't really seen in that much but i thought he was great as the teacher and you know that whole conversation between him and donnie where they're talking about time travel that was super um, cool yeah he just stops it and he's like look i can't talk to you about this any further or i could lose my job yeah you know it's like and I love the sense that, like, you know, as soon as the parallel universe kicks off, like, it's not supposed to exist. So things start unraveling. Like, yeah. you know, you've you've got stuff where it's like, um, you know, uh, like the 
uh, Patrick Swayze's character, like, you know, his house burning down, him getting caught yes. out, the, the school, you know, going all these, all these acts of destruction, um, Gretchen getting killed, Frank getting killed, um, yeah. you know, the, the mother being on, because, you know, all, all this stuff has like all these like little consequential events, like, okay, Patrick Swayze's house burns down. They find out he's a fucking pervert and a pedo. And then like the crazy fucking chick that coaches the fucking dance squad can't go because she's got to go and defend him. So that puts Donnie's mother on the plane with the sister and it's like, okay, that's the plane that crashes and the jet engine falls through their house. So it's like this weird paradoxical Yeah, loop. how it all connects. It's yeah. really bizarre. And it's like, you know, it just leaves Donnie with no choice, but like, okay, I've got to fucking do this and save everyone. And it's just, he's such a great character because it's like, and I find that this movie's almost a tragedy because it's like, this dude sacrifices his life to save the universe and no one will ever know. Yeah. It's, like it's, it's crazy. He's kind of like a, that just that classic unsung hero. Yeah. Yeah. You know? He's such a, such a great character. And I mean, he also delivers a hell of a monologue about the Smurfs. Oh my Lord. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, it, how'd it go again? Um, it's like you know the 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 whole gangbang thing about you know Smurfette like everyone yeah, fucked Smurfette. Yeah, like yeah. no, this isn't what happened. Fucking yeah. Gargamel created Smurfette. Yeah, yeah, and the overwhelming yeah. goodness of the Smurfs turned her good. But that's what I love about Donnie Darko's character is that he challenges everything. Like he, you know, like in the classroom uh, when he's yeah. present, presented with facts and stuff, and he goes, "No, that's not right," and, yeah. and he proceeds to explain why. Um, just moments like that, like this really shows you the spectrum of this guy's intelligence and his well, level of thinking. That, that's it, man. It's like, you know, he, he's like, he is fucking razor sharp and like, just doesn't accept like, and I find it's like a kind of a great critique about like, you know, society and, you know, I guess the school system and all that. It's like, this guy is just not buying the bullshit he's being fed. It's like, you know, even it's like, okay, yes, they're in the tangential parallel universe and he knows that everything is wrong. Mm. But even the stuff that's like, you know, a holdover from the, the, the proper universe, like earth one, if we want to call it that. Yeah. He, he's just not accepting any of this bullshit. Everyone's feeding him. It's like, you know, he's just, he's straight to the point. But he's also a really, like, you know, warm and good character. Like, I love that moment where he grabs Charita by the earmuffs. And he's just like, it's towards the end of the film. And he's just like, one day, everything is going to be better for you. Yes. And she just freaks out and runs off because she can't accept it. She's obviously got a crush on the dude and Mm. thinks he's fucking with her. But, like, that's such a genuine moment for him. It's like... He's not going along with all the other assholes that are bullying this chick. That's it, man. And and like he's he's they're like kindred spirits, man, because he's a tortured soul like her. Yeah, uh, you know. And and then he's tortured even more when he discovers, you know, by reading the philosophy of time travel, mm. uh, that he finds that he is basically the guy that's responsible to save the world. Yeah, and, you know, and that's a heavy burden as a teenage kid to to carry. Oh man, yeah. Like he's got to stop. He's got to stop 
this tangent universe with the potential to destroy all life, he's yeah. got to stop it from collapsing into a black hole. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know about you, but as a teenage kid <laughs> with, you know, you know, with all the complexities of being a teenager. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. As a teenage kid, I couldn't fucking oh. stop myself from collapsing down a pair of fucking stairs, let alone saving the whole fucking world. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's such a, it's, it's a great, fun movie because there are so many fun moments but it's like when you stop and really examine this movie it is fucking heavy as shit because it's like he he gets this universe where he you know he gets this great girl like that he really digs you know and he has to like give it all up he has to sacrifice everything to save her to save his family to you know and I mean, the, the the thing that like left me kind of haunted at the end of it was like, but did he save her? Because there's that whole line where she says her mother's disappeared. Yeah. And, you know, there was all this like shit and carnage at their house and she thinks it's their stepdad. It's like, holy fuck, what if she was home when that happened in the real world? Like, you know... there's so many like heavy things. And it's like, you know, in the tangent universe, Patrick Swayze's house gets burnt down. Everyone finds out he's a pedo in the real universe. Does that happen? Or does he just keep getting away with it? I I love, I fucking adore the ending. Like that minute that Gary Jules track kicks in Mm. and it's like, you know, Donnie's made the decision and, you know, everyone's like, waking up from the tangent universe but you get this feeling that they kind of half remember it yeah like that that shot with frank where he's like touching his eye and like you know has this fucking freaked out look on his face is just like it's like you know and then charita wakes up swayze wakes up fucking weeping it's like everyone kind of half remembers that something happened but they're not quite sure what and it's really fucking haunting man it's like it's fucking it's some fucking heavy shit it is man <clears throat> and and what's interesting too is like uh you know the girl that uh donnie gets steady with uh gretchen you know when she's like quizzing him about his name going what sort of hell of name is that you know it's like a superhero or something and and he yeah i just love the way he just calmly replies well what makes you think I'm not, you know? Yeah. And it, it just kind of just dives into that whole, this guy, he possibly is kind of, he is it the kind of is hero. A superhero movie. And I think that's what Richard Kelly kind of, like, yeah. listening to the commentary, that's kind of what he was going for. Like, well, I mean, getting, com- getting that axe embedded in the stat, in the bronze statue yeah. for a start, like that takes a bit of superhuman strength. That's, well, that's exactly it. And that's what he sort of said he was going for is that mm. like, you know, um, basically like, you know, flooding the, the school. The, yeah. The the people that die in the tangent universe are almost like communicating with Donnie and like, you know, because of the whole time travel aspect, like communicating with him and possibly granting him powers, like, you know, not yeah. massive powers, but like, okay, he's a little bit stronger, you know, he can, you know, floods the school. Like there's there's all this stuff going on that's like, you know, kind of yeah like you know people people are trying to like you know get him 
or give him the ability and, you know, the knowledge and everything to try and make this right, to stop yeah. the world from getting fucked up. It's very cool, man. And, and you know, um, yeah, it, kudos. I mean, made for about, was it four million bucks? Four mil. Four mil's all they had. I mean, all they had. They, so, they only had four know, million dollars. Kind of low budget in the grand scheme of yeah. things, but what a cast. I mean, yeah, the Gyllenhaals <laughs> in one of their early movies. Yeah, dude, the cast was amazing. Swayze um, in one of his last films. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, fucking, oh, even the chick that played Gretchen, whose name escapes me. I know she's yeah. gone on a fairly massive career. But yeah, like, I mean, just a great supporting cast of characters. Yeah. And just a... Yeah, an all-round good movie. Mm. And a fucking... And the soundtrack, dude. The soundtrack rips. Oh, yeah, the soundtrack's amazing. And I mean, but I mean, dude, I mean, but before we get to that, like, how fucking awesome and iconic is Frank the Bunny, for fuck's I sake? I love Frank the Bunny. Like, I mean, like, that that mask and everything is so crazy. Yeah. Dude, and when you... it's just... It's amazing. It's such a great, iconic design. And it's like, you, you can't not look at that and just go oh yeah Donnie Darker and even even when he takes off the mask like that bullet in the eye is a really cool and creepy image and I mean yeah dude even the moment when Donnie shoots him is like I, I love that whole moment because it's like he just reacts shoots this guy and you're not sure whether it's like okay Donnie shoots him because he knows he has to shoot him like it's like a whole predetermined thing. And we can talk about the whole spear wormhole thing coming out of the chest. It's like that again, such a fucking heavy concept. It's like, do we have free will or is everything kind of predetermined to a a, a way? Like are there certain paths that we just travel, whether we're aware of it or not? And, you know, I mean, that sort of feels feeds into the whole Donnie superpower thing. It's like, well, he kind of, knows that exists and he's kind of choosing to go a different way so it's really interesting but i I love that moment when he shoots frank because it's and that thing he says afterwards where he's just kind of like he's just mentally broken and he's like go home and tell your parents everything's going to be okay and it's like that's the moment he makes the decision is like okay i know what i gotta do i i gotta fucking i gotta take care of this shit yeah absolutely and it's it's fucking wild man it's such a great film and just so many so many questions in terms of like plot and like the philosophical ramifications of it and i mean i know i know i'm getting deep and wanky here but like if you haven't seen donnie darko it's kind of a movie that demands you get deep and wanky it is it's it's not like a normal movie that you can just watch and go oh yeah cool it there's a bit of complexity to it that that involves a little bit of thinking and just understanding Mm like this alternate universe and just that whole, yeah. The, is it the paradigm shift? Yeah. Yeah. Or the ten, tangential universe. Like, the yeah, ten, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like all that. And, and of course, Frank the bunny. I mean, yeah, mm, yeah. That's just, that alone is fucking crazy, man. Like that, that's eerie shit. Like you, you, you know, you're a teenage kid, you're asleep, sound asleep. And then at midnight you hear this wake up and you look up and there's this fucking, evil looking bunny rabbit standing yeah. there staring at you. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I'd be all kinds of fucking freaked out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd like just be having a, a major league what the fuck. And I mean that's the other thing. It's like, you know, you kinda of like, okay, so is Frank a time traveler? Like is Frank like 
actually there and Donnie's the only one that can see him? Or is Frank a figment of Donnie's imagination that is like I sort like, of being planted mm, there? Or I, I feel like know. I feel like Frank's the messenger. He's kind of yeah. like he's kind of like Barry Allen in Crisis of Infinite Earths. You know, yeah, he's yeah. he's going. He's saying, look, shit's gone wrong here. You you are basically responsible to fix this up, and you have twenty eight yeah. days to to yeah. put everything back to normal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the heavy burden. Uh, you know, I give spoilers away, but the heavy burden he's got to carry to the end is pretty deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, also, dude, that moment in the cinema, like, yeah, that is such a great moment of like creepiness and horror and like just. You know, that, that just that I love that line that, like, you know, why are you wearing that stupid bunny suit? And like, Frank's like, well, why are you wearing that stupid man suit? It's like, <laughs> who the fuck comes up with that dialogue? And why isn't it me? <laughs> you know? Well, this is the thing, man. It's, it's just such a cleverly written story at the time. It is, and... man. It's just, it's so like this movie is just fucking sharp and just like, it just demands you, like, give it your attention and really think about it. And it, I, re, I remember the first time I watched it, man. Like I remember watching it on DVD and it just, there, there's a couple of movies that I've seen in my life where I just walked out of it or stopped, finished watching it and was just like, what the fuck did I just watch? And mm. wow. And mm. just like had to like, you know, go outside, have a smoke, just let it sit with me for a while and really digest it. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is definitely one of them. Um, you know, the, the, a few others, there's definitely a few others that we'll talk about at some point. Yeah, Possibly sure. not a Serbian film because it's like, <laughs> that's going to be the shortest podcast ever. Like this movie's really fucked up and I smoked nearly a full packet of cigarettes after I watched it because I just really needed to calm the fuck down. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, Donnie nah, Darko is just... Donnie Darko rips, man. It, it's, yeah. it's a great film. Start to finish, it just keeps you engaged, keeps you thinking. Um, interesting characters. And Donnie Darko himself, just this... He really is kind of a superhero of the most unsung and uh, the most unlikeliest circumstances. Yeah, and, um, yeah I, you, like... you can't help but fall in love. <clears throat> No, you absolutely can't. And I mean, we'll get to the soundtrack in a sec, which is another fucking huge part of why you adore this movie. But like, as I said, just like the 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 fact that like Donnie knows he's got to sacrifice himself to save this universe, to save the the world, the the real world, end this tangential universe, which is not supposed to exist. Yeah. And the fact that he he goes to that sacrifice knowing that no one will ever know, like no one will ever know he did this, you know, he, he he's giving up everything. He's giving up this girl. He's giving up his family, like, you know, everything that means anything to him. He's just like, you know, oh, goodbye. Um, it's just, it's wow. It's like just fucking... I don't know a whole lot of sixteen-year-old kids that would actually do that. Yeah, <laughs> like... I know, right? It's um, yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It 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 just takes some deep dives that very few movies that I can think of off the top of my head go. Man, it's just um, yeah. I don't know. Just I've never seen some of our favorite actors just get 
uh, taken down this, you know, on this journey, like guys like Swayze and yeah, Drew Barrymore. It's just, it's a very cleverly put together film. And, yeah, man. Uh, and yeah, good fun. It, it, it and it, again, it's, it's not, it is a fun flick, but I don't really feel like it's a flick where like, you know, there, there are certain movies where it's like, you can enjoy them on, multiple levels i feel like you can enjoy the fun of donnie darko but it's still going to challenge you the whole way through yeah and i just i love i love flicks like that like i I, it's so it's so rare you see one that really pulls it off to this level where you can just go like oh wow what the fuck did i just watch yeah Um, agreed and yeah dude soundtrack is fucking let's do the soundtrack man this is great it's just fucking killer. I mean, you know, the soundtrack's radically different for the director's cut. Well, not radically different, but um, yeah, the uh, Under the Killing Moon is not the opening song. It's Never Tear Us Apart by NXS. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, look, the director's cut, uh, before, we, before we dive deep into the soundtrack, the director's cut isn't wildly different from the film. There's a few scenes added in. There's a couple of soundtrack changes um, and some spruced up effects shots here and there, but it's it's not a radically different film. Um, like it's great if you're a fan of it, it's totally worth checking out, and it's it's great. But yeah, both both are just as good as each other. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh my god, the director's cut is so much better. Yeah, right. That's cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah. Okay. So the soundtrack itself is friggin' dope. Um, yeah, some interesting fucking acts on this soundtrack, man. I really mm. dig it. Yeah, like, Tears for Fears and In Excess, The Church, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Duran Duran, Echo and the Bunnymen, yeah, Joy Division. It's it's a well rounded soundtrack, man. It works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I I I love the soundtrack, and I think the thing for me is like it very much, like I said, proto Stranger Things. Like this was kind of a you know, like a, a, a retro 80s soundtrack that made retro 80s soundtracks super fucking cool because it's like so many, I guess you'd call them alternative acts from the 80s, yeah. like Echo and the Bunnymen, Joy Division, you know, The Church, stuff like that. Um, I'm pretty sure Echo were on there. I'm positive Echo, yeah, and, the Bunnymen Echo, Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah, Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got Frank the Rabbit in there. How could you not have Echo and the Bunny? <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, but yeah, I just felt like this was like a great sort of alternative 80s retro soundtrack before they were a thing, like on Stranger Things and stuff like that. Like, I mean, you know, because Stranger Things is like everyone's like, oh, fucking Oingo Boingo, yay, um, you know, stuff like that, but, which is fucking great. I, you know, the more people that get into great music, the better. But yeah, I just feel like Donnie Darko kind of like really really kind of not invented that soundtrack, but just used it so well because it's just one of those movies, man, where you're watching it and it's like, you know, the song kicks in and you're just like, Oh, I fucking love that song. Yeah. Yeah. There's some fucking good moments. I mean, that's the great thing about music and movie. It's just that, that ability for the two to blend well together and just, and really take you on that journey, both visually and musically. And this soundtrack really does it. Like, um, like you say, it's very, it predates the Stranger Things thing. So, you know, fucking every boy and his dog is a fan of Stranger Things. I, I am, yeah, I am too to a degree. But Oh, dude, I am. I, I, I love Stranger Things. But, like, yeah, I, I feel like Stranger Things, 
Stranger Things is awesome, but it is building off so much other stuff. Yeah, and I feel like Donnie Darko. Yeah, Donnie Darko just really predates it. Like you said, just does it in a stylistic way that's uh, incomparable. Yeah, yeah. It and really I mean, is. I think the, the the great thing, look, Stranger Things is, you know, Stranger Things rely, I, I, th- I feel like the difference between the two, and I'm totally not taking a shot at Stranger Things because I do love that show. Stranger Things is very nostalgia and emotion based. Yeah. Like, you know, Stranger Things will like push all your nostalgia buttons and then punch you in the feels for good measure. Whereas Donnie Darko is very, it's, you know, not to make a pun on the name, it's very fucking dark. It's yeah. very heavy and broody and makes you think. Um, you know, like like I said, you know, you watch Stranger Things, you get to the end of the season, you're just like, oh my God, my feelings, can I have a hug? Yeah. Donnie Darko, you get to the end of it, and you're just like, holy fucking shit. I need to go for a walk and have a smoke and let this fucking settle for a while. <laughs> um, don't talk to me for a bit. I just need a minute, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's dark. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. It's it's dark and melancholy. And uh... it, it, it totally is, man. And the soundtrack, like, fits that because it's like, oh, it's not a fucking coincidence you use joy division on there like no there's especially love will tear us apart it's like because it's like dude that that hits on so many levels because it's like well you know donnie's fallen for this girl yet you know he loves his family he's got to do all to like save all these people that he loves that means that he's not going to be with them and it's like yeah Oh my fucking god, Richard Kelly! You're either a genius or that's the best fluke ever. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed, man. Um, yeah, I, I love I love the dark, melancholy tragedy of this whole thing. It's it's beautiful, and yeah, I think I highly urge anyone that hasn't seen Donnie Darko to fucking do it. Change that, yeah, man. Do it, yeah, just do it, yeah, um, absolutely. Like just just fucking grab it somewhere. I mean, look, it's so worth it. Like, and I feel like it's kind of. I don't, it's almost like a forgotten classic. Like, because I remember this was huge when, when it came out, man, everyone wanted to see it. Everyone was so fucking pumped and hyped for it. And I know Richard Kelly's career has kind of dropped off a bit after Donnie Darko, like Southland Tales didn't really do that great. Um, I know he did a movie. I think he did a horror movie called the box or something with James Mars. And afterwards, I never saw it. Um, I haven't really heard anything about it. To have a film like Donnie Darko in your in your resume, and be your first dude. film too, man. Yeah, look, man, I I just think the just the energy and just the way that whole thing came out, man. I think it's very hard to sort of to top I, that, you know. Oh, dude, I, on it, I yeah, I I agree, and I honestly feel like this is one of those movies. Um, you know, as a filmmaker and as a writer, I feel like this is one of those movies that you could only have as a first film because it's so, it's so uncynical and so raw and just like, you just fuck, he, he's just swung for the fucking fences the same way Kevin Smith did with Clerks or Tarantino did with Reservoir Dogs. It, yeah. It's, you know, Ed, Ed Burns did with Brothers McMullen. It's just like, 
you've just fucking come out. You've just gone, fuck it. I may never get to make another film. I'm just going to fucking do what I want and fucking go fucking big with this thing. And yeah, I just think he just knocked it out of the park. And it's such an amazing, great first film and an amazing Fuck film. Yeah. Song. You know what else is an amazing first? That's fucking dark, that's melancholic, that just changed the face of everything we know in music. Fucking Nine Inch Nails, man. Oh, I was going to say it's either that or Abba's first album. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on the lighter <laughs> side of the spectrum. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm just like, I'm trying, I'm trying to look for a smart-ass answer to this. And oh, you delivered. Like you delivered. 10 <laughs> out of 10. I, I, yeah, fucking get that man a gold star. But yeah, fucking, we, we threatened to talk about Pretty Hate Machine. And yeah, I, I want to have a bit of a bit of a chat about this one. Because, oh, dude, yeah. Like this album, like, fuck, man. You, you can't... You can't like dark music. And and people go, I'll fucking like whatever I want. But you cannot truly appreciate modern dark music without listening to Pretty Hate Machine. It's no. just it just hits it takes you places, especially if you're in a dark place. This is your soundtrack. Oh, dude, like th- those those first three NIN albums, um uh, like you know, pretty hate machine, broken, downward spiral. It's like it is the the penultimate angst soundtrack. Like it's kind of like you you get that in your uh, goth showbag kit when you first yeah. uh, become a goth. You just get yeah. this this showbag, and it's got those albums in there along with fucking black nail polish and fucking fishnets. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, a mesh t shirt and a leather jacket. Yeah. But this uh, 1991 gem just fucking came from left left field and just hit everyone with a fucking what the fuck up at Oh, dude, did it fucking work. Like, especially yeah. with Head Like a Hole. Like, that track just... Well, okay, I, you know, I heard Head Like a Hole for the first time in the weirdest fucking place. Right. I heard, the first time I heard Head Like a Hole was watching on video Prayer of the Roller Boys. Which oh, I wow. feel is a future rad episode at some point. Damn, dude. <laughs> but and it's so fucking weird. But like, there's this party scene in the movie, and there's this fucking evil disco industrial shit playing, and I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" Like, because that song sounds really fucking cool. And I was like, you know, these are the days where it's like you would like watch the fucking end credits get to the soundtrack part and be squinting at your tv trying to read if it wasn't in decent font who the fuck the song was by what the song was it's like uh maybe that's the title uh i don't know is it uh yeah yeah no uh fucking i don't know apex twin that's it sort of sounds like a metally kind of band maybe that was them and then years like literally like um Fuck man, like maybe six months later, yeah, I heard it on Triple J and was just like, "Oh, that's that song from that thing." Who, who the fuck is this? Yeah, and you know, heard the whole thing. This is a yeah, man. This 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 band, like this um, album, is fascinating because I mean, it was it was all just Trent Reznor basically. Yeah, Uh, he did all the instruments. Yeah, Um, had like a whole but It's just such a a weapon of an opening track because oh, the re- like the rest of the album in comparison is 
it doesn't have the the bite of that opening track, but it has depth. Yeah, and that's kind of what I dig about it. You know, like yeah, I I kind of feel like he gets close to the energy of head like a hole with stuff like uh sin like mm. which is one of my absolute favorite songs off the album like, great. I great that song just fucking slaps yeah um terrible lie maybe comes a little like it's maybe like third down the the list but yeah i mean dude head like a hole is just like fucking hell there is no version of that song that isn't great remix yeah. live it just it just fucking bangs it's just it, it it really is that party anthem of sorts that just gets you jumping and just gets your blood pumping and you know it just the, there's just so much angst in that track it's, yeah and i mean it's an angry album it's a, uh, that well that's what i was gonna say man that's what i love about you know the what that's what i love about nine inch nails in general i mean they're they're hands down like my favorite band of all time like i love you know i sign kills machine head etc 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 and i n are just my hands down all-time favorite gun to my head band like i adore them Um, yeah have done since i was like fucking 16 years old but like that's what i love about like there's so much fucking venom in Trent, like especially his vocal style, like you know the the songs, like especially you know especially it's those first of, three albums, like yeah. even up to like the fragile and stuff like that, well, like yeah. like we're pretty hate machine, man. It's like it's 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 like he's coming out of this this eighties um, synth wave. Which he is his ba- basic background. I mean, that's where yeah, he came from. Yeah. He came from that that synth, uh, synth-driven music, uh, and and you know it's there in this album. But there's something else going on, and it's his. It's in his voice. His voice is just it resonates and sings yeah. to all of us dark souls out there in the universe. And or you could say it resonates. It resonates. I like that. <laughs> Dude, you're on fire tonight, bro. I, I know. I don't know why. <laughs> no, keep it up, man. You're kicking goals, dude. But like, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know, man. Like, for example, something I can never have. That is just one of my go-to tracks. I just uh, dude, fucking, yeah. that, everyone that's a Nin fan, fucking, they go places with this song. And like, when you've got lyrics, like, I still recall the taste of my tears echoing yeah. your voice just like the ringing in my ears. I mean, dude, that is deep shit, man. Dude, and they, even like, you know, look, everywhere I look, you're all I see. Just a fading fucking reminder of who I used to be. It's like, oh, yeah. just fucking dude, can you reach into my fucking chest and squeeze my heart a little harder? I don't think you got the last drop of blood out quite yet. Exactly. I mean, like, that, you know... And, and and just the haunting piano in that track is so mm. fucking beautiful, man. It's yeah, like, dude, it's. I love that version, but I also love the uh, when he revived the version on the Natural Born Killers soundtrack. Yeah, like that was just fucking brilliant. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. 
But I mean, that's that's the thing, man. It's like there. I just and then the reason I love Nine Inch Nails is that there is, you know, every album like there is at least five to six tracks that will just fucking grab my fucking soul and just connect with me. Like, yeah, hands down. Like, agree. The man knows his shit. I mean, and. You know, it's not just the lyrics because it's like, look, those lyrics sung by an idiot would suck. Like, you know, you, you, you put those lyrics in the hands of, you know, fucking Fred Durst and see you later. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested. Yeah. But it's just the way Trent delivers it. Like, I mean, the musical arrangements are fucking phenomenal. But like, just the, the snarl and anger and like. It's real, dude. It is, man. And it's like, look, something I can never have, like, that could be just another love song. But the way Trent fucking delivers that track to us, man, it's like the dude's got everything in his voice. There's regret, there's pain, there's anger, there's heartbreak. And he does it all in like, what, five and a half minutes? Mm Mm-hmm. And, and you just fucking, I don't know, dude, it just, to me, it just takes me back to all the best times of, of my sad goth life early yeah. on, you know, and, and just, it, it just takes you to that warm place, funny enough. Does it, isn't, it, <laughs> is it, isn't it funny though? It's like, you think back on like all, all, you know, you know, back in the nineties when you were like listening to something I can never have. And it's mm. like, I'm the deepest motherfucker ever. And no one knows my pain like Trent does. And exactly. no one will ever know my, and you think back on that. And like, you think about how complicated life gets when you're older. And I just find myself going, fuck me. If I knew then what I know now, I would have enjoyed the shit out of that sadness. Fucking a, dude. <laughs> I would have just been like, yeah, this sucks. It's so much more pleasant than what's to come. <laughs> You know, you just be like, oh, yeah, this sucks. But it's like, it's an innocent kind of enjoyable suck that I'll be over in like a month or two. Yeah. And I'll find something else that sucks then. But, you know, it's it was, like. It was great for me because like, I mean, listening to that album and songs like Head Like a Hole and Something I Can Never Have and Sin and, and That's What I Get, you know, all those kind of songs. It takes me back to the times of really uh really embracing my dark my inner dark self and yeah. you know going to goth clubs and stuff i even fucking worked in a goth clothing store at one point in in brisbane city like before they it was in in, in elizabeth street uh in the section of elizabeth street that is now fucking student accommodation uh high rise uh <laughs> yeah yeah, so in that in that alleyway, it used to be an Elizabeth Arcade, and they used to have fucking the the music bootleg store where I'd go get my fucking overpriced. Oh, was that Underworld Realm? No, I think it was called something else. It could be. It could be. Ah, oh, because I'm trying to remember, like you know. But it was, I, I, you I, had to go up. You had to go was, upstairs. Yeah, it was further down the the alley, and mm-hmm. you'd go up this fucking. You, you would easily miss it if you didn't know where it was. Yeah. And you just walked up these these steps that were sort of hidden to the side and you would find this fucking huge open fucking uh, studio shop with, yeah. you know, uh, clothing in there. And it was all locally made clothing. And, uh, you know, they just said to me, I'll oh, just play whatever you want. And, you know, going to the goth clubs and that early on, I just started going, okay, 
shopping list of bands to listen to. I'm listening to fucking Nine Inch Nails. I'm listening to Dead Can Dance, Typo Negative. It was like yeah. fucking, yeah, it fed my curiosity. And, um, but this album, Pretty Hate Machine, really fucking resonated, resonated in my soul. <laughs> It, it is it is such a fucking it's just such an amazing fucking album like i mean you know I mean, we terrible, talked about perfection last week and this is perfection it really is and i mean you know even like you know like you know let's 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 just do a fucking track by track breakdown yeah show. please it's like you let's know like we, we've done head like a hole but like what what's track two terrible terrible light. Light. cd in front of me no, like, i mean going, ter- ter- terrible light like is like Dude, like you, you listen to that. I mean, like, I mean, especially for me, like that song yeah. just like fucking went oh, because it's like I was raised Catholic. Like I'm right. a very fucking lapsed Catholic. In case right. anyone wondered, just in case there's that one person out there going, "Oh, Jake, do you still go to church?" No, haven't done it in years. Hey, um, Jake, Jake, yeah, yeah, do you still go to church? Uh, no, um, I, I, I read Daredevil <laughs> instead, so I get my Catholic guilt out that way. Um, well I get said. all the Catholic guilt out through Matt Murdock. He's like my avatar. It's like, you can feel the Catholic guilt for me. I'm just going to sit over here being cool. Um, but like that that uh, that song, like as, as someone that's like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, you know, you, you're kind of like going, well, yeah, why is everything shit? And, you yeah. know, what the fuck? I was told, you know, you'd be looking after shit, big guy. Like, I, I do want an apology. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, totally. But, yeah, just amazing. Just such a fucking banger of a track. And, like, It yeah. really is. And it's a staple track that they open with to this day, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know if they do it in their current shows, but uh, up until recent years, they were opening with Terrible Eye all the time because it's just yeah. such a fucking intense wall of sound. Um, yeah. And followed by Down in it, another fucking banger of a track, man. Yeah, I was um, I was a little on the fence about that the first time I heard this album because I was yep. like, oh, it's a bit rappy. Yeah, and I'm it not, is. I'm not a major league rap fan. Like, there's some stuff that I don't like, but I've really grown to love it um over the years. Like, I love that, love that track. Yeah, and I'm the same with Sanctified. I, what I love about Sanctified is just the the synths. Um, mm. w- which is such a prominent feature throughout this whole album. And I just really, I think, I think this album really uh, fed my, my hunger for new sounds and really just, um, I don't know, just really made me appreciate the world of the keyboard so much more. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, the, the Sanctified's also got that kind of, you know, almost Gregorian chant. It does. As and- well. And again, when you said earlier about Trent's snarly vocals, it's fucking prominent in this track. Like there's a there's a spit in this that's fucking yeah. old. Yeah, especially like towards the end of the track when those fucking heavy as fuck guitar breaks start coming yeah, in yeah. to break things up. It's like it's like dude, how fucking pissed off were you when you were recording this? I know, like, right? It's it, just like that venomous fuck you snarl. It's like, you know, the dude snarls like nobody else. Yeah. Hey, fun fact about Sanctified, you're talking about that guitar droning sound. Um, Mm. On the, on the album credits, it said it's played by Richard Patrick. Ah, cool. Pretty cool. Uh, Who was 
Trent's fucking guitar player in the early years of Nails. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah, he went, yeah. I've, I've then, seen uh, started, of them. Yeah, before he started that little band called Filter. Yeah, that, so. that little band that nobody heard of called Filter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They never did anything. <laughs> Crazy. But um, yeah, and we've already talked about something I can never have. Which yeah, is, but yeah. I mean, it's just just an amazing song. Like just really this, is. this, dude, just the soundtrack for every fucking just unrequited or fucked up or whatever thing I mean, it, you've look, got going on. It's it's just such a I don't know. It's a beautiful track in comparison to the horror that is Bon Jovi's Bed of Roses. Um, yeah, forgive me for going there, but I just have to do this because it takes me to a dark time in in my life where I thought I was doing the right thing. You know, this is what you do when you're a teenager. You go with your girlfriend and you take her to a Bon Jovi concert, and they play not one. Not two, but three love songs in a row. And at that point, I just remember to this day, I don't remember the concert, but I just remember that moment standing in the middle of that pit just going, someone kill me. Just kill me <laughs> right now. <laughs> fuck you, John Bon Jovi, and fuck you, Better Roses. <laughs> yeah, I see, look, I, I, can't, I can't hack on Jovi because I kind of like him. And I Dude, I love have, Jovi. I, I, don't do. have, I don't have the... Uh, the for the fourth love song set trauma that no, you do, but that that moment that moment scarred me for life, dude. Dude, I I too have a horror story about Bed of Roses. Um, Go for it. Yeah. So once upon a time, when a young man named Jake was in grade nine, he uh, had a crush on a girl named Sarah, and um, being an awkward idiot in grade nine who had no fucking idea about anything decided he was going to send her flowers for Valentine's Day. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. I went there um, like a fuckwit. I I do not. I would just like to put this out there after recent events. I do not have a good track record with sending roses to people, and I should really stop that shit uh, <laughs> because it never goes the way it's supposed to. Movies lied to me. Kids, don't send flowers. Anyway, I brought some flowers, uh, spoke to a friend of mine who drove and he agreed to deliver them. And when it came time to write on the card, I was like, I'm going to send her song lyrics because that's totally going to make her like fall for me and want to go out with me and, you know, get squishy with me and stuff. Um, Cause that's all you think about when you're in grade nine. It's just yeah, like, yeah. how can I get a girlfriend and how can I get laid? Um, yeah, so after much deliberation um, over what Bon Jovi lyrics to send her, um, you know, a friend said, like, hey, you should send her Never Say Goodbye, you know, that whole you lost more than that in my oh, backseat. No. And I'm just like, dude, I, I, number one, I don't have a backseat. Number one, she hasn't lost fucking anything to me yet. And she never would. <laughs> because <laughs> I... Sent her the lyrics for Better Roses. Oh, you didn't. I did. I fucking did. You and fuck bad. Yeah. I am a fucking douche waffle, man. <laughs> I sent her the lyrics to Better Roses and quite uh, fairly and justly, uh, she never dated me. Uh, we did not make out. There was... There was no no teenage fumbling at all. It was just like, 
yeah, thanks for that. Bye. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. <clears throat> don't send it, Rose. Yeah, I, I, seriously, man, I have a fucking curse with sending fucking roses. It never works out well. Ever. It's like, it's the fucking kiss of death for anything I do. I think I'm being sweet. I think I'm being nice. Nah, it's just like, it's like fucking relationship poison. It's like, yeah, dude, that's <laughs> brutal, man. That is yeah, brutal. never, never again, never again. I swear to God. But uh, yeah, I I sent someone lyrics to Bed of Roses, and that was the result. So we both have a horror story about Bed of Roses. Um, oh kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kids, yeah. just stay the fuck away from Bed of Roses. Yeah, but, um, stay stay away from roses. Stay away from Bon Jovi songs about roses. Just don't fucking do it. It's just not good. Um, well, back to Nine Inch Nails now because yeah, they yeah. are good. Today's advice is just listen to Pretty Hate Machine. Just honestly, like this is the thing, man. Like all these kids today that listen to, uh, you know, they're going about Ice Nine Kills, Emotionless and White, and, you know, and I'm not knocking those bands because I'm, I'm friends with these guys and I love them all. Uh, but, you know, these bands and fucking, uh, you know, all those new age fucking pseudo goth looking bands you really need to go backwards <clears throat> and listen to Pretty Hate Machine to just well, really dude, go I on mean, a journey. You're, you're absolutely right. Because, I mean, you look, look I, I, I fucking love Ice Nine Kills. Everyone knows this. Um, but you listen to something like Rainy Day yep. off Welcome to Horrorwood. That, that whole fucking song feels like it's just like drawing on everything Trent started with Pretty Hate Machine. Like the the sense the whole the whole the whole bit for that track it just really feels like you know the the energy of it everything it just feels like it's like okay yeah we love nine inch nails by the way <laughs> you know yeah it's kind of interesting man because you know uh, i'm just reading a bit of fun facts about the the album and trent went on record saying basically that he disowned most of pretty hate machine mm. basically barely two years after its release just saying you know that he was extremely withdrawn he was in an anti-social headspace during his production uh just making for immature introverted claustrophobic music in his words yeah uh, you know he basically says retrospectively that down in it was nothing more than a ripoff of a skinny puppy song um if that is the case fuck that's not a bad thing um uh, well yeah no it's like <laughs> Yeah. No one's no one's gonna fault you for like aping skinny puppy, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't know. He just, uh, yeah, he basically he reformed. You know, he rekindled his love for the album later when he did a remaster of it. So yeah, yeah it's kind of in, it's kind of interesting. You know, uh, the, the the album like as we continue on, like kind of kind of I want to has a bit of a synth poppy beat to it. But, um, yeah, it very much does. It, it's very, you know, yeah, it, it's very, um, it is, it's very poppy. Like, you, you, yeah, nail on the head, man. Yeah, it, it's like, I don't know, it, it, it's just got, you, you can remember the, the, the whole pop from his background. I can't remember what the name of his uh, pre-Nine Inch Nails band was. But the, oh yeah, I can't remember either. But there's there's footage out there. There is footage, and it's it's uh, you know to, I I I think it's, if he if he had the power today, he would pull that footage down and just burn it 
It's like Al Jorgensen before he uh, grew his dreads and took a Dude. lot of drugs and found his cowboy hat. It's like, yeah, you know. yeah. Those oh. early Ministry albums. <laughs> Is that the same guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. When did, Ministry, when did Ministry swap lead singers? <laughs> yep, 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 and yep. But, uh, yeah, dude, I mean... Let's let's talk about the the track Sin, dude. Like Sin is fucking gold, dude. Oh, dude, that song, like that track, is just fucking amazing. And it just, I love the build up, and then it just fucking rips into it. And I love the lyrics. I love the music video because if anyone's ever seen it, it's kind of. I don't know if the music video is on YouTube anymore, or if you have to sign in to be a grown up and watch it. But it's like. The music video always just reminds me of like what I imagine a weekend at Clive Barker's house in the early nineties would be like. Which is funny like, because he does cite Clive Barker as an influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's like it's just the video is just like fucking crazy ass fucking bondage and fucking piercings and gay sex and black and white and dudes in fucking weird ass circular harnesses and shit like that. And you're just going like what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, and the, 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 the video, I don't know. I, it, it's weird. Cause it doesn't really feel like it fits with the song, but it does because the yeah. song's just so fucking great and just so angry. And like, I mean, that's the thing that I feel like, especially with sin, there's a lot of self-loathing in that track. Yeah, there is. And it's kind of like, it's, um, yeah, I, I can't, I, look, I, I fucking can't talk about music or Nine Inch Nails without getting personal, but Sin is one of my go-to kick my own ass tracks. Like, it's, 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 a, it's, it's kind of, got, it's got the dancey synth beat to it, but it, there's, there's a edgy vibe to it that just really, I don't know. It, it's got a real dark anger to it and it really for does me, it, it's it's one of it, it's my go-to oh god i can't believe i fucked that up and i was so fucking stupid i'm just gonna fucking mentally flagellate myself for the next month <laughs> it's just yep. like yep. sin, sin is just like the soundtrack for that like and stuff oh, fuck me man such a great track live like wow yeah yeah it's it's pretty wild man and like I, I think that's one of my definitely one of my favorite ones. Um, that's what I get is fucking another great track. I mean, th- these tracks. I mean, it's funny because you know Trent talks about this album with an air of embarrassment back then mm. in the nineties because the album came out in nineteen eighty nine, I believe. And yeah, but uh, you know, talking about just you know they, were, they, they didn't have the grand intentions to be where they are today. And when they got the call to go on tour of Skinny Puppy and replicate these songs live, that undertook a massive challenge in itself. And Trent realised how bad they were composed for live. Yeah, well, I remember um, seeing interviews with Trent when they were on tour for, I believe it was Lollapalooza. And, you know, it was summer and the heat just fucked all their electronics. Yeah. Like, and just completely fuck their show. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Um, actually, dude, you know, one thing, one thing I did find was a scathing review of Pretty Hate Machine. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. In the St. Petersburg Times from 1990, 
Um, I'll, I'll, yeah. Oh, you got you got to lay that on us. Yeah. Okay. So, I'll, I'll just I'll get through it pretty quick. But a lot of industrial music fans revere Skinny Puppy's breakthrough dance single "Dig It" as a genre classic, and Trent Reznor, who performs under the name Nine Inch Nails, is one of those fans. Reznor apparently likes "Dig It" so much that he decided to include the song on his album. Problem is. Reznor has changed the title of the song to Down In It and fails to credit the members of Skinny Puppy as the tune's authors. Yes, the ripoff really is that blatant. After listening to the rest of Pretty Hate Machine, it's easy to understand why Reznor might feel in need of some creative assistance. The remaining tracks slog through a mire of percussion and keyboard sounds that never once crank into an interesting, much less original groove. It's guys like Reznor who give industrial dance music a bad name. Thank you, Gene Carey, who gave it a one star. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, dude, were you on the wrong fucking side of history? Oh, Gene Carey, where are you today, buddy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What 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 did Trent go on to do? Oh, yeah, uh, Grammy, Oscar, uh, great musical career, music um, for Apple Music. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of little things here and there, but yeah, you're right, dude. Pretty Hate Machine clearly sucked. Yeah, obviously. You um, ass clown. <laughs> yeah, he's probably kicking himself. Um, <laughs> this man blows goats. We have proof. Yeah, and and then closing out with the uh, the tracks, the only time and ring finger. Mm. Um, I mean, it's it's all in all, it's it's a very he- synth heavy album. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Head Like a Hole, which packs the guitar punch that uh, mm. really shows the potential of things to come that we yeah. we got given um, soon after. But, uh, man, dude, like, yeah, I think this album was innovative in the sense of you could just really get the potential of what Trent was trying to put across oh, from absolutely. his dark place. And, mm. yeah. Even even the, um, even the more upbeat tracks, like, you know... Um... Fucking uh, only time. Yep. I, I, yep. I've I've never I've never hated that song, but it's never been one that I'm like, oh, I'm going to go listen to that. Yeah, um, I feel that way with the last two tracks. I, I, yeah, that honestly, ring finger, I, 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 mm. yeah, Ring Finger. I've never been huge on either. I mean, they're not shit. They're just not. I guess it's like if they were in the middle of the album, it'd probably be a bit more forgivable. But it's just like the album starts so fucking great and then you know you get to the middle and you're hit with stuff like something i can never have and sin which are also really really fucking great i guess those two tracks kind of feel like a bit of a a a sort of drop off ending like not not strong an ending as the album could have and it's not that they suck it's just that you know they're they're good songs they just for the end of the album, it's just like, oh, I feel like you could have ended on a bit of a better Agreed. note. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I feel like that too. And look, I, I think for the, the most part, the album just takes, takes you on this great journey. And mm. it's funny because in, in many interviews, he does talk about childhood favorite albums like Pink Floyd's The Wall. So yeah. it kind of makes sense that he create he's created a sonically conceptual album that, is much you know his version of the wall, um, mm. which he would later perfect in albums like the Downward Spiral and the Fragile and that. But, yeah, Year Zero stuff like that. Yeah, 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 totally. But I mean, starting out for your first album, dude. <laughs> yeah, there's. 
I mean, with the exception of, you know, those last couple of tracks, I mean, it's pretty fucking killer all the way through yeah, it. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a great album. Like, it, it re- and I mean, the, you know, for, for whatever, you know, I don't even want to say faults because the, I don't really feel like there the aren't really has faults. faults. Like, no. I don't, I don't feel like it has any, but it's like, you know, if you want to say that there are, it's like, dude, this album made fucking lifelong fans out of people. Like, I'm one of them. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I was just like, I was fucking obsessed with this band after this album. Yeah, I agree. It was, I, it had that, that profound effect with everybody, like, afterwards. Mm. Um, just fucking, like, people just went apeshit. Like, goths just... I mean, we, especially with the film clip, like, uh, Head Like a Hole, but and in it, but more, mm. let, let's talk about Head Like a Hole. The, the visual of that film clip was just a fucking ball of mess. It was oh, kind of, dude. it was kind of like something left over from an early ministry clip. Yeah. I, I had a poster, um, that was a, I had a, my, one of my nine, I had two Nine Inch Nails posters. One was, um, one was a horizontal poster from the Head Like a Hole video, uh, yeah. which was like basically like, yeah. The Trent's. one where he throws his head back in the, yeah, the water. Trent's. Yeah, uh, No, 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 no. It was actually a shot from the actual performance with like Trent screaming into the microphone oh, yeah. and yeah, everyone cool. else in the background, like, you know, f- fucking fucking around in videotape or whatever yeah, the shit they were doing. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great image. And then the, the other poster was like a shot from the Wish video with Trent and his fishnet stockings in yeah. the cage behind him. But like, I mean that that album. I mean that the the visual of that, like that inspired such a the the fashion. Like, I mean, mm. you look at him; he's wearing, you know, he's got the dreadies going on. He's yeah. got the fucking, you know, the torn fishnets. The fucking just, I don't know, man. It just inspired fucking legions of goths to just follow suit. In- oh, dude, absolutely! And it's such a great. I, I the great thing about the head like a whole video is I feel like the it's such a chaotic video because it's like at the end of it, they're just like fucking all over the shop. It's like, did you actually plan this or did you guys just go, fuck it? Let's just fuck shit up. Totally. Yeah. Trent's Trent's fucking hanging upside down, tangled in fucking videotape. The drummer's just throwing his shit everywhere. Like, it's fucking cool. The the band, the, the, the guitarist like just fucking staggering around like (laughs) where the fuck I am. I'm going to trip over some shit and die. Like, yeah, it's, it's a great fucking like, you know, I mean, that's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a great, um, it's a great song to like, it's a great first like single release song, but it's also a great video to go with it. Yeah. I mean, dude, at the end of the day, that, that song fucking like. That was a go-to song for so many people, and uh, it, you know, so many fucking awesome bands covered it. I mean, fuck, I'm guilty myself, but uh, you know, bands like AFI. Yeah, you guys did do a good cover of that. Thank yeah. you, but like Corn and all, you know, all, all these awesome bands. Yeah, yeah, all took a stab at it, man. Um, f- <laughs> here's a funny fact for you, dude. Nine Inch Nails appeared on Dance Party USA. I mean, if that alone doesn't terrify you, I don't know what does. Wow. Yeah. I'm assuming this is some fucking very poppy, fun, American late night show or, you know. It's it's so fucking weird. Do you, like, there's a whole fucking habit of, like, do you remember 
when a perfect circle appeared on midday with Ray Martin. Oh, they didn't. I fucking shit you not, man. They so did. They were touring. And they fucking... The the midday show with Ray Martin had them on there. And, yeah, they played Judith, like, on midday with Ray Martin. I'm I'm sure there's video of it that exists because I remember talking to my friend Paul about it uh, when we were at the CD store. And, um, you know, he was just laughing that Maynard, like, clearly put the emphasis on the fuck in fuck your God lyrics (laughs) just to, like, freak everyone out. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, it it was just, it was was insane. And and you're just, like, going, what? Who booked them? Yeah. What were you thinking? Like, did you you listen to them? Did you, like, like one... Wander into the store like Homer. Here's your no-name band, yeah. Nine Inch Nails. I know. I'm, I'm just thinking, the producers of Dance Party USA are just looking at, going, yeah, let's let's put on this Nine Inch Nails band. They sound fun. Yeah, this would be great. <laughs> and then they, yeah, I, I have to see the video footage. I think it's fucking great. I've seen you the video footage, so, <laughs> and nice. I'll, you know what? I'm gonna go one step put further and post the link to the video footage on the description for this episode. Yes. Yeah. Jake, any um, final thoughts on Pretty Hate Machine, dude? Um, just, yeah. Um, no, I think we've pretty much covered everything. It's a mm. fucking absolute banger of an album. And I, you know, I would urge anyone who, I mean, are there people that aren't into Nine Inch Nails? Like Potentially. I've never met them. Yeah. Um, it is possible. Um and but, yeah, yeah, even even like you know, most they're probably casual, bon Jovi most, most yeah, most people yeah, probably send fucking bed of roses to girls in grade nine and act like assholes. Yeah. Um <laughs> I go, wait, that was me. <laughs> but I just yeah, man, uh fucking look if you go listen to the first three NIN albums. Hit hit up Pretty Hate Machine, hit up Broken, hit up Downward Spiral, listen to them in order properly. Don't fucking jump about tracks like an asshole. Just do it because it, it's just such a musical experience. Like it really is. Mm. Um, That's what I find Pretty Hate Machine is. It, it's not just an album you can listen to lightly. You have to, it's much like Donnie Darko. You just have to just open your mind and just listen to this thing from start to finish. Yeah. You just, you just got to fucking go on the ride basically. Like yeah. it, it really, you're like, yeah, you just really have to go on the fucking ride and just experience it for what it is. Cause it's like everything like, yeah. I mean, the end of sanctified just leads beautifully into the opening for something I can never have. It does. Like, man. Yeah. 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 There's so many good segues in this album and it's just, oh, it, it's a fucking champ. It's a champion of an album. That it just came out at the right time. Uh, just really revolutionized and changed. It was part of a changing face of, that style of music. I mean, ministry would follow soon after with Psalm 69 or, um, you know, the mind is a terrible thing to taste. And, yeah. um, you know, around all that time. And there were bands like that, you know, skinny puppy and fucking die. Yeah. Came FDM. Yeah. You know. Pitch shifter. All these bands were fucking throwing down the gauntlet and doing their thing and doing it well, man. So, um, yeah, it really was the industrial revolution. Yeah, it was. And I mean, it's, it's funny, the shit that sort of, it's, it's funny that like, 
out of all that, NIM was the breakout. And it's yeah. not to say that NIM is bad or like, no, oh, fuck no. you know, why would they, why, why'd you go with them? But like, mm. yeah, I guess it was just like right place, right time, right album. Like, yeah. Cause yeah. Yeah. And for, and a, for an album produced by a guy named Trent Reznor with uh, a guy named Flood, it was a fucking smash hit, dude. Yeah. Love it. It's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, this, this album was huge. Like mm. it, it was huge. Like it was fucking, you know, still is, but according to the St. Petersburg times, this bag of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the St. Petersburg times, like what? 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 Like, yeah. Yeah. This is like a guy that I know, um, in the town I used to live in when I was growing up. Um, there was a guy, uh, who used to review movies and he was one of those guys that was like, if, uh, like a, a really fucking arty movie. And I mean, this is no shots at any movie because every movie has value for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the piano came out, he would fucking five star that shit. Like nobody's business. Damn. Um, like it, he just, but then he also gave the crow like a two star review and said it was just horrible and violent and just fucking terrible and a bag of shit. Why would anyone want to go see this movie? And it's just like, Dude, just fuck off. Like, yeah. You, you clearly have no idea what you're talking about. And that's the thing about, you know, people listen to Nine Inch Nails. They're divided. There's people that listen to Nine Inch Nails and there's the people that listen to Nine Inch Nails. Like, yeah. really listen to it. And Pretty yeah. Hate, you, you know, Pretty Hate Machine is, is definitive of so much more that came and followed. Of course, you know, we, we know love all the songs that followed but that first album is just such a good template that that just really was part of a revolution early on that's 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 exactly it man i i feel like it's just like you know pretty hate machine was like you know the more synthy electronic based album um broken was very loud and guitar driven i feel yeah and then i feel like by the time we got to downward spiral he just mixed both to perfection yeah pretty much man but uh, what a great way to start the fucking out the, oh, the fucking yeah, career, dude, just yeah, killer. Yeah, just well, yeah. yeah. Well, that Holy was a good one. Fuck, we managed to get in under two hours. I'm impressed. We've set a new record after, after the uh, the last couple of epics. This is a good one, man. This is a good one. I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> uh, we've had some fun. We've we've fucking kept it dark and yeah uh, yeah we, we've we've uh we've gotten into all the deep and meaningful stuff on both of these great out al- this great album and this great movie and um thrown in some hilarious stories about bon jovi and um why you shouldn't send flowers uh <laughs> various various other refinements or better uh, still don't go to a concert with a band that has love songs in their repertoire it could be a horrific experience yeah 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 avoid that at all costs like yeah i mean i don't know what the modern day equivalent is it's like maybe don't fucking send flowers and go to an ed sharon concert yeah probably not a good idea just nothing nothing good nothing good can come of that like unless you're actively looking to feel depressed i don't know (laughs) yeah that's it but uh yeah man this has been a great episode dude indeed uh, good times we'll see you tomorrow morning for rad yeah, I'll see you back here tomorrow for Woo-hoo. Radnet. Let's get rad. Cool. <laughs> Till then, stay freaky, Jake. Always, brother. Talk to you soon. Yo.
And that concludes another grim, macabre, weird, and dark episode of Freaky Friday. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. If you enjoyed this episode and others like it, hit the subscribe button. Support the cause. It's the right thing to do. Stay tuned for uh, Rad coming up next. Saturday morning next, actually. And uh, thanks to everyone that supports the show. We love your work. And uh, let's do it again sometime. Hell, let's do it next week. Yeah, it's a date. (laughs) Till then, stay freaky, friends. And uh, thanks for tuning in to Freaky Friday. Till then, peace.